Hey, the immortal words of Judy Brown. Happiness is a choice. We're happy you're spending some time with Chip and Zay on an off-the-rails Thursday. I mean, <clears throat> I, I got a little nugget for you. I'm going to distract you. Go ahead. Okay. I could be easily distracted. Go ahead. Do you do you like that Alabama tight end, Amari Nyblack? Love him. Love him. Would you like him to be wearing burn orange? Hell yes. All right. Stay tuned, baby. I knew it. I knew it. I've been talking about it. Yo, I said it yesterday, Chip. You heard me. Besides Brock Bowers and JT Sanders, he is the best tight end out there in this past season. He might not have been utilized, but that speed, the way that he broke off Texas on his touchdown run, go back and watch that play. Oh, I know. Go oh, back I and saw watch I had that. a perfect angle of it. It was whoop, whoop, 39 yards. That speed's different from the tight end spot. Gunner Helm, I love you. I love. I, I have a lot of confidence in Gunner Helm. If they were not to get an Amari Nye Black, I'd be cool. I really would. Gunner Helm. I think he has something to really say about 2024 and his showing. But, yeah, man, keep bringing all the big heavy hitters in that you can. You can never have too many. I mean, Sark is just taking what he wants. He's just like a – he's like a – he's like a jewel thief in the night just yeah. taking just taking the goods. Yeah, he greedy. He yeah, greedy. Nothing wrong with that. Got to be greedy. Like no. this, this is your mentor, Nick Saban. Everybody's talking about this tamper and stuff. They act like Nick ain't on Sark's speed dial. They act like, hey, Isaiah Bond, he's good, right? Nick's like, yeah, I'll put in a good word for you. Ding, just like that. It's probably that quick. Right. It's probably that simple. Same right. with Kendrick Blackshare. Yo, Kendrick Blackshare, you 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 vouch for him, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Cool. Put them, put them on, put them through. Can I get this number? Yeah, yeah. He, he worked good for you guys. Yeah, they love. Oh, yeah, him. you want to have a visit right now? You, oh, yeah, you right. Have a visit right here on like, what's this tampering yeah, stuff? We'll make that. What's this we'll tampering stuff, Aggies and uh uh Sooner fans? It's just hating. I get it. Like speed dial, that's what it is. That's why that's they're saying sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know. Like oh. that saying's there for a reason. Who start no Nick Saban very well. So picking all these Alabama guys to come to the 40 acres, there should be no surprise there. Not one surprise. Not one. So not hell one. Yeah. That, that's, thank you, Chip. You know what I'm saying? Distract me a little bit before we have to talk about this one and three in Big 12 Texas basketball team. I appreciate that, man, because I love me some Amari Nyblack. That dude is a stud. Yeah, that dude. I mean, we talked about it yesterday. That dude is as close to a JT Sanders clone, but he's a better blocker. Ooh. He's a better block. I mean, I didn't say it. Pro Football Focus said it. Yeah. I mean, the grades are in, and the grades are in. Mari Nyblack, better blocker. Even last year when... JT didn't have the ankle injury. Amari was a better blocker, even when JT was full strength. Now, I get it. You're supposed to get better as a blocker. JT had the ankle injury. It plagued him the whole second half of the year. That's I applaud him for trying to 
play through it, be tough. Had a huge game against Alabama, JT Sanders. Huge game against Baylor. Huge game against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game. Oklahoma was tough. Um, but not his but, fault. Not, his, not fault. his fault. Not his fault. But yeah. So there you go, kids. There's a little little nugget. We'll talk to our man, Lance Taylor, get his thoughts on Amari Nye Black. Yo, Lance, Lance's job's a lot different. <laughs> a lot different. He told us himself what Nick Saban has done for his career. Straight up, he told us that himself, you know, and which Lance is a pro, so he'll always be on top. But still, like, you know, Chip, you've been in this game long enough. When there's change, that change in, in our profession, that changes your livelihood too, you know hey, what I'm saying? I've been waiting for this for 15 years. I've been <laughs> off having a, I've been, you know, Texas football went wandering off into the wilderness. I had to go out in the wilderness looking for it. <laughs> and then whenever I found it, I had to write some stuff about it. But people are like, oh, they're still in the wilderness? Okay, I'll check back with you next year. Yeah. So now I'm just saying, and what up, Ruse? Goofy growing? Let's go. Um, Yeah, I mean, if – I'm telling you, and we've talked about this, Nick Saban, people went to Alabama for Nick Saban. They didn't go to Alabama because they have a beautiful campus, cute co-eds, nice statues of coaches, champion walk, whatever. They went there for Saban. Were they going to Alabama when Mike Dubose and Mike Shula and Mike Price were the three stooges in Tuscaloosa. No, they, everything came to Tuscaloosa because of Nick 17 glorious years. That's my man, Lance Taylor's career. Like he doesn't know any different because the heyday of Lance and his show next round live with Dunaway and Brown, those dudes have been, I mean, they're, like you said, they're pros. Their show is is great. They used to be on Jock's radio with Paul Feinbaum. But even Feinbaum has said that he blew up. He got hired by ESPN because of Nick Saban. Crazy. Things are changing. Yeah. 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 Now we need Sarkeesian to become the Nick Saban of the SEC. Ooh. I, I wouldn't mind that one bit. A lot of it's going to depend. That one bit. Hey, offensive co- offensive-minded head coaches are made or broken by their defensive hires. Nick Saban, you always knew the defense was going to be on point. He was going to be made or broken by his offensive hires, and the guy nailed it. Time in and time out. Mac Brown, great job hiring defensive coordinators. I mean, Gene Chizik. He had Dwayne Aquina forever. He had Bo Davis. Like, Mac was the epitome of A's hire A's and B's hire C's. John Makovic was the epitome of B's hire C's. Damn. Oh. You just going at our guy Bucky Gobble like that? Well, no. On. on offense, Makovic <laughs> had it. But they gave him a blank check to go hire 
whoever he wanted, blank check to go hire whoever he wanted as defensive coordinator, and he promoted Bobby Jack Wright. Oh, and that was the end. That was the end of the John Makovic era. That was it. Like he didn't know it at that time, but it that was that was it. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. I mean, you go to Alabama to play for Saban. And if Sark could put out some national championships to where all he has to do is walk in the room, because it's already Texas. We know the resources, we know the history, the degree that you get coming from here, that means something. ATX, like it's just it's hard to beat. So when you're winning, come on, come on, you know, and you're still able to find those Colt McCoys just because they see the winning. Like that was, even though he was recruiting well, he was still finding guys that were two and three stars. And those guys were getting developed back then. Jordan Shipley, guys like that. Like it it gets easier all around because guys who have potential, they want to play there no matter what. And they're willing to sit out via Arch Manning because they're trusting the process and they're not going off to these other places. Like it could have easily went south for the wide receiver group right now when you're bringing in Isaiah Bond and Silas Bolden and Matthew Golden, like Jonte Cook, DeAndre Moore, Ryan Niblett. Those guys could easily have been like, well, I don't know about this. I'm going to, I'm taking off. This ain't it. But you haven't heard any of that. I've seen DeAndre Moore being quoted, going on, you know, going on podcasts and stuff, talking about, oh, I, I get the process. I won big in high school. I got here. I saw Xavier Worthy. I saw Adnan Mitchell. I saw Jordan Winnington. And I was like, oh, shit, there's another level to this. I thought I was working hard. There's another level to this. And what Sark is doing with these guys, if I buy in, I could be that and hopefully get drafted late first round, early second day. So, yeah, man, I'm with it. I'm with it. Sark become the new Nick Saban, have what he did those last 16 years in Tuscaloosa down here in the ATX. Shit, man. Bring it on. Gabriel Union, Kirsten Dunst, bring it on. Let's go. It's been broughten. <laughs> oh, it's already been brought. It's already been brought. Yo. Come on, man. Gabrielle I mean, Union, D-Wade, you lucky bastard. You lucky bastard. Man. Yeah. I saw D-Wade with painted nails the other day. It was interesting. He got a statue. He's getting a statue in uh, Miami. And okay. All right, I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm good with that, too. He deserves it. He's the greatest Heat ever, even though LeBron was there. D-Wade's still the greatest ever. And um, like, Is Alonzo Mourning going to be, like, laying on the ground? What does that mean? Because that's what he's always falling down. Although D Wade was always hitting the ground. D Wade was always on the ground. Always. So is this statue going to be him like face down on the ground? Probably not. I don't know what it's going to be. Probably him dunking or maybe shooting, you know, one of those mid range jumpers that he was known for. But yeah, Gabrielle Union, like 10 years older than him, doesn't look it at all. Still looks like 38. Hey man, black wow. don't crack, baby. Black show don't crack. Black Got that right. Crack. <laughs> this cracks every day. Cracking. Look at these bags. 
under these eyes. Stop, man. Stop. You I still got more baggage under these eyes than a bellhop. <laughs> and now I can't even see. Damn. Oh, man. Hey. I love my mom, but I got her feet and I got her wrinkly skin. Love you, Judy. Oh. Love you, Judy. Got mangled tree branches for feet. Wow. And yes, um, but hey, I got her great personality. So that's what I tell myself. Oh my gosh. But anyway, black don't crack. Let's get back to that. Gabriel Union. Yo. And she's no Nia Long. She's no Megan Good. But Wait, hold on. Here we go again. What? Uh what uh what? What Gab Gabrielle Union is in the same category as Nia Long. Megan Good is beneath that. She's below that. She's gorgeous. Don't get me wrong, but we we gotta bring more to the table than looks, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like yes. acting skills, right. grace, all of that. Like right. Like Jane Nia Kennedy. Right. <laughs> right. You're like Nia Long. The way that she got done by Ma Udoka, scandaling ass, which. The Rockets, they might not win none just because if you just he did her wrong. That, yeah, he did her wrong. Real wrong. Boston Celtics, they didn't want that energy. They didn't want that at all. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I don't understand. Where are we? Where you're holding the Olipop, which is absolutely delicious, but I don't know. Where are we going with this? Well, I mean, you know, like Jim Kennedy is like some, you know, classic root beer. <laughs> You know what I mean? Is there something else in that root beer, man? I, I like it. I, well, you know. I did not get much sleep last night. I'm going to be very, uh, very frank and open about that. So I am on fumes. Yo. Straight fumes. I, I Ron, Ronnie Terry ain't getting much sleep last night either. Oh, uh, my God. I don't want to get you going because Lance is coming. I know. But. Wait. I mean. It is a pretty significant headline. I mean, yeah. it was painful. Yeah, I, there's no, that's where I got that, Jane Kennedy. Now, you're too young to remember Jane Kennedy when she was on NFL Today, right? Yeah. I know of her. She was so fine. She was, yeah. Oh my god! I just saw like a love boat past episode with her in it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> don't, yeah, don't judge me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, she was a baddie. I'm looking right now. Google. She, she got it going on. Yeah, man. I see it. I see yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, CP Jonathan Majors called Megan Good his Coretta Scott King, which is so offensive on so many levels with what Jonathan Majors is going through. And we're not going to get a Tyson because this fool was on his um, Ike Turner with old girl. And he got guilty for it, for like hurting her ear and stuff and grabbing her arm in the car. Got real messy. Jonathan Majors was one of the upcoming black actors, actors in general, on the up and up. Creed 3, I heard he killed that. 
I heard he was good at some type of supervillain in one of the Marvel movies, Disney Marvel movies. And all of a sudden, he had an incident with his ex-girlfriend where he put his hands on her and lost. And Megan Good's been riding. She's with him now. And she's he keeps calling her <laughs> Scott King because I guess she's so ride or die. But Jonathan Major is putting himself. That means Jonathan Majors is considering himself as Martin Luther King, which that no, fam, don't no, you sound yeah. insane. Do not, you sound nuts. Absolutely nuts. Don't put yourself in that category. Cause yes, yeah, EB, I'm gonna have to check out Creed 3, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling, I'm rolling with Jane Kennedy in this one. I'm rolling with Jane Kennedy in this one, Jack. Y'all going back. Who is Phil oh, yeah. George? Hey man, we're hitting all the demographic today. <laughs> we got the old guy newspaper demographic. That's me. We got the young guy, hip texter, Mr. Everything I've ever known has been on my iPhone. That's Zay. <laughs> and, and then all of you. Hopefully we've got a wide range. I know, like if my man Noah at UTD, my favorite comet is listening today. Noah, let us know if you're listening, dog. Noah's in college. He listens every day. So, you know, we got we got we hit all the demographics. We we got a little something for everybody. You know what I'm saying? And Rodney Terry needs to figure some shit out. But we only got five minutes before Lance gets here, and we got to ask him about Mari Nyblack and the very real possibility of Amari Nyblack wearing some burnt orange if uh, his uh, little visit to Texas goes well. Yeah, if you get Amari Nyblack, old boy from Stanford, he could kick rocks. I mean, it'd be nice to get both. But Damn, like what? That's what. Did you not hear what I said about Gunner Helm? You acting like Gunner Helm. I know. You can't do that. You can't do that to Gunner Helm. You can't do that to Gunner Helm. No. He's earned his way. He's earned yeah, his way. Man. He's the complete guy. He's the he's the down and dirty guy. He's the guy that I said, run him on that drag route against Washington for that touchdown, even wide open. Like, if you trust Gunner Helm, run him on that drag route you ran against Iowa State, where he was no one in the same zip code that would have scored. But I get it. AD Mitchell is a gangster, and all he did was score touchdowns in college football playoff games. Uh, he'll be missed, man. He'll be missed. But oh. that, That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want Texas fans with everything that, you know, you've received in these last few weeks in the wide receiver room. Like, let's just not act like A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy weren't stars in their own right. Like, they'll right. be missed. Oh, yeah. And these guys still got to learn this system. Isaiah Bond, which is a complex system. It ain't like it's the easiest. No. Like you Matthew Bolden, you know, Silas Bolden, like their IQ level, hopefully it's very high because that September comes around quick. We in January right now, you're going to blink and it's already going to be August 30 something. So. You know, the guys that are already there, the Ryan Niblets, DeAndre Moores, Jonte Cook, they have that to ride on. Like, oh, we've been in the system. 
So we're ahead of the curve in that sense. But yeah, overall, it'll still take those guys, you know, a little bit of time to figure everything out, which that's why A.D. Mitchell was just so crucial and clutch for this year's team because that dude, he wasn't in the wrong spot very often. You know what I'm saying? That he was just here one year. So you're banking on that with the three wide receivers that you bought in. And I got to include Ryan Wingo in that too. He'll definitely be getting a lot of love, uh, you know, just because he's so highly regarded. But yeah, man, those guys still got to figure out Sark's system and what Sark wants out of these guys. Yeah, I mean, Sark's got to – I'll be – you know, he's done a great job of evaluating talent no better than Xavier Worthy. I mean, that was like his one guy that he brought in in his first class. Everything else was pretty much a Herman recruit. And there were dudes in that class like Byron Murphy. So, but Xavier Worthy was Sark's guy and Xavier Worthy's best season was as a true freshman. So, Sark on the offensive side, never going to question who he's bringing in. Would love to have that defensive line coach. And in some ways, Zay, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but in some ways, this defensive line coach is as important as the uh okay wow okay you get us all making sense so we got to just stay tuned on that d d line coach well you just got something talking about that as you were talking about it yeah oh that's crazy yeah 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 don't don't blow your cover obviously but Man, can we get a taste? Can we get a little appetizer of what may be going on? Who they may be looking at? The conference? Something? The conference. NFL guy, maybe? NFL. NFL. All right. That's all I need to hear. I like it. I like it. I like it. Which explains why there is silence. Oh, so... That NFL guy might have gotten eliminated from the playoffs, maybe. Uh, or is nah, about to. Nah. Nah. Okay, just NFL guy. Let's keep it there. I'm being greedy. I'm being nosy. I'm being nosy. Well, that's oh. what we would expect from my man, Perze Hilton, who's always <laughs> getting to the bottom of things. Yeah, I'm being nosy. But I you like stuff that. about John Scott Majors. And his, uh, or whatever that guy's name is. Okay. Jonathan Majors. What movie's he been in? Creed 3. I, I, gosh. He was in a HBO show that was really good. Lovecraft something. It was a little spooky. I want to say Jordan Peele was a part of it. I want to say that. I could be completely wrong. Chris Bennett will definitely call me out if I am. But, um, yeah, he, he's been in some some stuff 
as of late that's been really good. But that's the thing. He was slowly taken off. And all of a sudden, he got in trouble for, you know, getting into it with his ex-girlfriend in the car. And they got him on surveillance, like running from her. It's a, And she's like chasing him. It's a weird video, but they took it to court. He lost. The dude was about to be Mike Tyson. Like, and I want to say in something, he was about to be, yeah, I want to say he was about to be Mike Tyson. Or no, excuse me, Dennis Rodman, not Mike Tyson. He was about to play Dennis Rodman in a movie called, like, Dennis Rodman 48 Hours in Vegas or something for Dennis's famous trip during the Chicago Bulls run. And what he did in Vegas, he was going to play Rodman. And they were like, no. So you know you've done some crazy shit if they won't let you play Rodman. Like, you like <laughs> this is Dennis Rodman. The dude's crazy, you know, himself. So, oh, see how crazy. Marvel fired him? Like, that's what I'm saying. You can't, you can't mess up. You can't mess up like that, you know? You're only given so many opportunities and – now Jonathan Majors, who knows if he'll ever be back on his feet. But the craziest thing is Megan Good is stinking by his side. That that disappoints me. That's the thing. She's like ride or die. And that's why he keeps calling her his Coretta Scott King. That is terrible. Yeah, it's not the best. It's not that's, the best. That's yeah. Like, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of different rider dies we could go with. All right, let's check in with our man, the SEC insider and prognosticator. Live from Birmingham, Alabama. The one and only Lance Taylor. Lance's lock.com. The next round live. LT. What up, dog? Hey, fellas. Uh, you. It's been a weird week here, obviously, with the retirement of Nick Saban, the hiring of Kalen Boer. Alabama fans finally get on board and now they're panicked and saying, what the hell's going on? So um, it has because been, of all the portal. Yeah. You know, I mean, we just had number 26 for Alabama jump into the portal. So it's a big number. Um, you know, this, this happens though. And I try to tell people, cause I'm getting a lot of texts. I thought you said this guy is a good coach. And I'm like, well, look, you ain't got to look to me for that. Just look at the guy's resume. And let's just look back last Monday. He was coaching for a national championship. These things are going to happen. Even with Nick Saban there, some guys were going to go into the portal. Um, there, it doesn't matter who was hired. There was going to be attrition. And I don't know to this degree, I think he is doing everything in his um, his power to control uh, roster retention. But it's 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 been a it's been a rough week. I mean, I mean, what? Uh, so take us through. Kalen DeBoer's first week on the job. How would you grade him? Hires, you know, an offensive-minded guy is going to be made by his defensive coaching hires. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he brought the majority of his staff with him and defensive side. And he said this in his introductory press conference. Look, my coordinators, being a coordinator myself, I want them to have full stamp of approval of the guys that are working underneath them. So, I think right now, Kalen DeBoer is really comfortable with the offensive staff, including offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb that they are bringing from Seattle. On the defensive side, you retained a couple of guys from Alabama and most notably Freddie Roach. And then you go out, Kane Womack, who was the defense coordinator at Indiana under Tom Allen, worked with Kalen DeBoer in Bloomington. 
So there's familiarity there. And for him to leave a job where he's won 17 games in the Sun Belt, which is one of the more difficult um, group five conferences out there, I think it shows you the confidence Womack's got in a guy like Caleb DeBoer. And that's what I'm telling Alabama fans. Just, just slow it down a little bit. Let this thing settle in. There's going to be other guys that he'll go out himself, maybe from Washington, um, from wherever, uh, that he's going to be able to pull in himself. So I think, you know, Maurice Linguist uh, out of Buffalo to leave the Buffalo job. He's a guy that has two SEC stints, so he's familiar. He's supposed to be a dog in recruiting. Uh, so the staff, I believe, looks really good what he's putting in place. Um you know, some of these guys that are leaving, from what I heard, and this is really not a surprise, that after Alabama's loss to the Rose Bowl, once Nick Saban gets back in Tuscaloosa and gets settled in, um, guys are already coming in his office, shaking him down for more money. And you wonder if that had something to do with Nick Saban being like, enough is enough. I don't know that for a fact, and I don't have confirmation. I've just heard that. But I think this is the world we live in. And, um, you know, I, I, you can't pay all these guys. Um, so Caleb Downs, big blow. I think Caden Proctor, the way he was playing second half of the season, big blow, just based on the fact those guys were true freshmen and were going to be huge parts of this roster next year. But overall, I would tell Alabama fans, calm down. It happened to Brian Kelly when he took the LSU job. We've seen what has happened to College Station with Elko and all of those guys leaving after Jimbo or even before Jimbo. Uh, these things happen and, uh, I still would say that Kalen DeBoer, with not a ton of talent, uh, talent he helped develop, they played for a national championship. And I think whatever the roster is he's getting is still going to be a top 10-like roster. Yeah. Lance Jalen Milrow is kind of just keeping quiet. You haven't really heard the decision on him. I'm sure Alabama fans, they're kind of itching to hear what that guy with all the potential that he has, you know him personally, but they would like to keep him. And again, with Kalen DeBoer coming in, what he did with Michael Penix, I know those guys are two different quarterbacks, but I'm sure that he could find the best out of Jalen Milrow. Is that thing seems like it's going more of him staying or is he thinking about, okay, maybe I should just see what's out there and trust the process and his ability? No, I, I think that Jalen Milrow is all on board, at least right now. That's the initial reports after the first meeting. Uh, reports were players left fired up. Jalen Milrow was one of those guys that was really fired up. He finished sixth in Heisman voting. We know DeBoer had the runner-up in Penix, and you saw the progression of Penix from Indiana to what he did the last couple of years at Washington. And we saw kind of a development like that with Jalen Milrow during the season. So if I'm Milrow, I'm super excited about having an offensive mind or minds like Ryan Grubb and Caleb DeBoer coming in here. So I think Jalen will be fine. What would be interesting, so Julian's saying – Five-star kid that's coming in with this class, enrolled early, so he's already on campus. This is what people perceive as the future quarterback for Alabama. Um, Will Rogers is a guy that committed to Kalen DeBoer from Mississippi State, you know, a couple of months ago or a month or so ago. He's kind of still hanging out there, and I don't think Alabama fans want him. He played some of his worst football against these Alabama defenses. But when you look at the numbers, I mean, he put up some tremendous numbers. So, if DeBoer was to bring him in, you wonder, is this a quarterback that DeBoer sees could have the potential upside of a guy like Michael Penix Jr.? And I really don't think Jalen Milrow wants to get into a quarterback battle. I think he feels like it's his team. Um, and I would say that that's what's probably going to happen. But I, th I think Milrow is going to be there. I think Milrow is going to be your starting quarterback next year. 
All right. Well, Texas has certainly been a benefactor of the Saban retirement. Isaiah Bond, uh, Kendrick Blackshear, um, possibly Amari Nyblack, who is apparently on his way to Austin right now for a visit. Your thoughts? Well, you know, this past Saturday, um, you know, I was wherever I was, it seemed like Bama fans, you know, my, my server at lunch, hey, man, what do you think is going to happen with Bond? And I said, he ain't leaving Austin. They're going to give him too much money. And, you know, the reports are maybe $700,000, $750,000. is a large number for a guy that made a hell of a catch on fourth and 31. And he is a guy that can get behind the defenses. And he is a big play receiver. But I'm not saying he's a clear-cut number one. He's not a Xavier Worthy. He's not Devontae Smith. Guys, you know, uh, Jamison Williams that Alabama had in the past. Uh, he's a good player. He said it was a business decision. This is something that rubs me wrong. I'm all about, uh, I'm a capitalist. I like getting as much money as I can, but there is a little bit of something to loyalty. And you got a guy that reportedly is driving a Lamborghini out there, 20 years old and shaking down his team and getting $750,000. Look, he's a good player and Sark will utilize him. And, you know, just some of the things he said, you know, um, you know, basically uh, did it the day Saban retired. Um, saying it's a business decision for his brand and to better him for the NFL. I don't know if he realizes this. Kalen DeBoer's offense, to me, was more efficient than Texas's offense. You had three 1,000-yard wide receivers. He called Isaiah Bond, reached out. Bond didn't even call him back. You know, at least – and that's one of the things I try to tell my kids. Don't be late. Be punctual because you're wasting somebody else's time. And if somebody reaches out, try to return that message. And it's to fall to me. If I start getting texts when I'm driving, sometimes I'll try to text back just where I won't forget. Um, but I thought that was a little Bush League of Isaiah Bond. But he's a kid. I made so many stupid mistakes and still do. Um, but Bond is a good get. Nye Black's interesting. He's one of these ta uh, talented tight ends that he would just disappear. And then he would make a huge play, one of those wild plays. And it's almost like O.J. Howard. You never really saw him consistently if you're an Alabama fan until the national championship against Clemson. And then he completely dominated that night. So Nye Black's got that kind of talent. Um, and I fully expect that once in Austin, he'll be throwing a lot of money and he probably won't leave. They're subbing out. I mean, JT Sanders money. They're going back to that booster saying, Hey, what do you think? Well, okay. you, know, you guys, I mean, Texas, the resources are crazy. And I think the problem for the Alabama Collective, it was a complete mess a couple of years ago, which I think most collectives were because you had like four or five and they were like going against each other, you know, who was working with who, and it was all over the place. They've got it streamlined with Yay Alabama now. And they've got over a thousand new members since Kalen DeBoer became the head coach. And I think that shows you that a lot of old school Alabama fans said, as long as Nick Saban's here, it's going to recruit itself. He's going to handle it. We don't have to worry about getting behind this. Well, once DeBoer took over, I think Alabama fans got concerned and more jumped into this world. But, you know, the minimum uh, contribution monthly to be part of the collective is $19. You can't nickel and dime some of these guys like I Isaiah Bond that maybe make up to $700,000. You've got to find some of these super boosters. And I just don't know if you've got those isolated examples uh, for Alabama. And so I think people are really concerned with the Alabama Collective right now. They're working together. 
the organization has been good. I just don't know how deep the resources are yet. So where are you hearing? Can you say where you're hearing like the the NIL figures? Uh, I mean, I've just had some people behind the scenes that throw that out. So we'll just call them sources. Um, they feel really good about these numbers, though. And, you know, I even saw, uh, you know, on three does a pretty good job of putting valuations next to transfer portal guys. And I think Isaiah Bond's valuation was like five or six hundred thousand dollars or maybe a little bit more. So it was kind of in line. But I mean, look, to me, Caleb Downs was the best freshman in college football. He was a second team All-American as a true freshman, led Alabama in tackles. He is one of those guys. I think he's worth seven figures. I don't think Texas is in the mix, but it's Georgia, it's Ohio State. I think both of those schools will pay him a million plus. And that's for a safety, but he's a proven commodity. Yeah, yeah he's a stud. Do them all in one payment, Lance. Let <laughs> that out over two years. Man, it, it it's just – I never thought we'd see like this. It's, it makes it exciting, interesting, but there is no loyalty – um, you know, Tyler Booker, who's one of our NIL, NIL guys, really good offensive lineman for Alabama. He came out and he was on record. He said, look, I'm not going to ruin my Alabama legacy. I don't care what the dollar amount is. I'm not going to leave. And I think that is the minority. I think the majority of these kids, whether they do it for themselves or they do it for their uncle or their dad or whoever's pulling the strings, the agent. It's just a sad world that there is going to be no loyalty moving forward. But, you know, at the same time, you know, Kalen DeBoer was coaching guys in Seattle and was all in in the purple and gold. Now he's at Alabama. So these coaches do it too. It's just, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's a grimy game, Lance. It's a grimy game. Kendrick Blackshear, linebacker who came from Alabama. What was he like those years that he was there? We know he's a Duncanville kid from the Dallas area. Him and Quinn Ewers played against one another in high school. And Sart just brought him in to go along with David Benda and Anthony Hill. What is he going to bring for Texas? Well, he's a great athlete. Um, you know, maybe didn't get the headline some of these other Alabama Linebackers got Deontay Lawson, uh, Jaheed Campbell, uh, guys like that. But Blackshear is a guy they wanted to keep. Um, I think they felt like maybe based on where they were that Texas maybe overspent for him. But, I mean, look, this is just kind of the world we live in. If you've got the resources, why would you not go out and get what you can get? And, you know, if three out of four work out and one doesn't, you know, you're at a couple hundred thousand dollars and you move on. But he's got a lot of upside. He's he's a big time athlete. Yeah. All right, Lance. Um, so you, where do you think Caleb Downs ends up? You think he ends up at Georgia? So Georgia's like the overwhelming favorite. Um, I've heard there's a possibility growing up in Georgia that he wanted to be elsewhere. One of the reasons he ended up in Tuscaloosa. Um, I still have a feeling he's going to end up in Columbus and Ryan Day uh, can't beat Michigan. We know that, but boy, their portal has been active, uh, getting guys like Quinshawn Judkins, getting guys like Will Howard. And if you were to get a Caleb Downs, I already think they're going to be preseason the number two team. I think it goes Georgia. I think it goes Ohio State. I think it goes Texas. And then I think Alabama, Oregon, somewhere in that kind of rotation. But I think Ohio State's already going to be your number two team. But, boy, they're doing doing a lot of damage in the portal. And it's going to be one of those two. It's going to be Georgia or it's going to be Ohio State. I lean Ohio State. Everybody else leans Georgia. 
Well, well, you know you're not afraid to go against the tide. <laughs> I mean, the current, or I didn't mean, you know, wasn't trying to make a play on words there. Yeah, Muhammad Jabbar, the cornerback uh, that your guy is talking about here, great relationship with Kalen DeBoer, enters the portal after he goes to Tuscaloosa. The thought is more than likely Jabbar is going to Tuscaloosa. But, you know, we'll see. You know, the good news for him, second-team All-Pac-12 performer, is Alabama has gotten decimated, not only in the portal overall with 26 guys leaving, but really when you look at the secondary. that And guys like you, you had two All-Americans starting at cornerback that are, you know, declared early for the NFL draft in Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terrion Arnold. Those were obvious. But, you know, you're bringing in Damani Jackson from USC. He should lock down one of the starting corner positions. you got a five-star guy coming in. They're saying a true freshman might start at corner. I think if if Muhammad was the guy that came in, he probably would have that other starting corner slot. So I think Alabama can pay him a lot of money, and they can almost guarantee him immediate playing time. So I think it, it seems like right now he's going to end up in Tuscaloosa, but Texas is in the mix. Are you paying your NIL guys a bunch of money? Uh, I will tell you how that works later, but they are getting paid. Yes. <laughs> and I want to say one story. When we first started NIL, we reached out to one player and they wanted just guess for 10 minutes a week. What do you think they wanted per week? At least 30,000. If, if I told you the player, you probably could guess a little bit better, but they wanted 5,000 a week. All right. Yeah. And, and of course, <laughs> Yeah, we, we were like, hey, uh, thank you, but I uh, can't make that work. And I'll just tell you this. Uh, this particular player had never stepped foot on the field. Yeah. So these guys are making a lot of money. And some of the guys we've got, we've already been in contact with their agents. And they're like, we need more next year. And this is the way it works, man. Yowzers. I, I wish I could get it. I mean <laughs> – Jimmy Sexton wins again. Yeah. I'll tell you this. You know, as a Rams fan, so beat up over the loss to your Detroit Lions. Congratulations, by the way. Terrible non-call there at the end. Terrible non-call on the Matt Matt Stafford uh, roughing the passer. But I'm still beat up over that loss. And to hear that kids are going in Nick Saban's office after a loss to Michigan, your eventual national champions, and not worried about how I can get better, but how much more can you pay me? Um, I don't know, man. I, I guess I care too much as a fan, but I just, there's just something wrong about that to me. Well, and Zay and I were talking about this, like Alabama fans need to brace themselves that those kids were going to Tuscaloosa for Nick Saban. They weren't going there because they love Houndstooth or Bear Bryant right. or Bryant Denny Stadium or the co-eds, although the co-eds help. They were going there for Nick Saban and Kalen DeBoer. His record is unbelievable. I think Alabama beat Michigan to Kalen DeBoer. And so that's a win. I don't think there's anyone else out there barring, you know, leaving a current head coaching job that, you know, Alabama, I mean, would, who would, who else would you have preferred? Well, that's that was mine all along, Kalen DeBoer. Uh, he was 1A for me. Um, I think I told you guys, D'Amico Rhines, if he would have left the NFL, would have been 1B. But, you know, so many Alabama fans, and I think the familiarity with Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin, one of the reasons, but I'll continue to say this. We just saw Sark against Kalen DeBoer, um, and Sark had more talent on that roster. 
Uh, Sark's doing a really good job in this this um, this third go around from Washington to USC to where he is now. I think he's a much better coach, but he still hasn't won. And I'm not considering Oklahoma State a big game. Alabama and Tuscaloosa, that's a big game. But I'm talking about a championship-like game, although that was a Big 12 championship. Um, Lane Kiffin really hasn't won these big games. Kalen DeBoer, at every level he's coached, has won these big games. And he's done it with less talent. And I agree with you. A lot of these guys came to play for Nick Saban and to win a national championship and ultimately get to the NFL. I would just say, give this guy a little bit of a chance, at least sit down and have a meeting with him and see what his vision is and what his vision for you as a player is. Because I do believe when he gets more talent, he can outcoach most of these guys out there. Alabama is a brand in itself. It thrived before Nick Saban. It will thrive after him. To that level, probably not, because I don't think we're ever going to see this in the history of college football, what he was able to do, winning six national championships at one stop. But I'm just a little surprised that, and especially guys that have been on campus. I mean, you've been to Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa is outstanding. Like, and I don't say that just because I went to school there. It's so much fun. Um, The game day atmosphere, I've never seen anything like it. So I just would think that once you were there, you experienced that. You got so close to having a bite of the apple that's a national championship, why you wouldn't give a guy that coached in that game just last week an opportunity? Because you're going to make enough money, and I think I've said this to you, I've said it a million times, but when I used to go out as a student in Tuscaloosa to those bars, a little bit different, almost 30 years ago, but if I had $30 in my pocket, it was going to be a big-time night. And now, (laughs) whether you're making $600 here or $700 there, and you're going to be good enough, and you know one day you're going to play on Sundays, financially you're going to be fine. So I don't I don't know what's enough. Again, I think there's a lot behind the scenes. I mean, I know of a recruit last year where, uh, you know, one of my friends, a girl actually showed up, bag of money, and there were two other guys there, and it was who had the biggest bag, and that's what the guy's dad said, and biggest bag ultimately signed this guy. And so, sadly, Big you know, bank, I think little bank. I think you've got guys out there that are like, hey, son, I know you've never been. I'm just going to throw this out as a bad example to the state of Oklahoma, but they're going to pay us 200000 more than, you know, Ole Miss. So guess what? We're going to Norman. Well, and- Lance, doesn't that tell you that Saban was able to keep the prices down because he's Saban? Yeah, probably. And look, and- I think Saban – if you a truth serum to most Alabama fans, they would like to go back to old school. Let's just cheat underneath the table. We were, you know, one of the better programs at doing right. that. They had their system. And, yeah. And it just uh, Alabama now, I mean, people's eyes are open. It's just not the way it used to be. The The playing field, I think, has leveled. And I think when you start to get some of these super boosters, like if T Boone Pickens was still alive, <laughs> and he really wanted to win the national championship, you couldn't outspend him. Like, he's got FU money um, that he can never spend. So if he laid it out and said, look, I'm going to give the collective $10 million and let's go out and get these guys, I think Oklahoma State could win a national championship. Well, that was the hot rumor that that uh, Haslam, the owner of the Browns, Jimmy the Browns yep. gave Tennessee crazy money. Yeah. Well, the, you know – Nico Imaleva, the, the quarterback that we saw in the bowl game, you know, the report was $6 million. I still don't believe that. Uh, but again, I, like, I said this, so I hate to continue to use analogies from my Rams, but Demarcus Robinson ended up being a really good fourth receiver and so good that I think behind Puka and Cooper, 
that I think people, other teams are going to want him. But if we had a collective for the Rams and they're like, hey, if you give $100, I guarantee you he's going to stay. I would throw $100 at our fourth receiver. So I think there are fans like out there that will really start to contribute to these collectives once they realize that this is the new world and this is what we've got to do to be able to scare these guys. So, so Lance, how involved is Nick Saban in the keeping guys there? Because obviously the price goes up when he leaves, but you could argue with his connection with Steve Sarkeesian and you see Isaiah Bond and Kendrick Blackshear, like Sark's making those calls saying, hey, you'll vouch for a bond, right? And Nick's probably like, yeah, while on the other side, there's guys you just named 26 leaving from Alabama. So is Saban involved? Say, Saban's like Conrad Dobler. I, I'm just trying to know. No, like, I, I think it is an outstanding question because Nick Saban now has an office in Bryant-Denny. He's not in the the football operations building anymore. And, you know, he is now a dignitary for the university. But I think there's also, like, I think he would fully get behind it. I think he's going to help Kalen DeBoer in whatever capacity he needs. But at the same time, if, in fact, Nick Saban was worn out on all these kids coming in and wanting more money, then immediately right after he retires, does he want to get back into it, negotiating with these kids? I don't know. It's kind of a fine line. I really don't know what the answer is there. I think ultimately Saban will help out DeBoer because the last thing he wants, I think he truly, him and his family love Tuscaloosa. They love the program. They don't want this thing to fly into the mountain. Um, and let's not forget, man, last year they flew Ryan Grubb in. Nick Saban wanted Kalen DeBoer's offensive coordinator. So he's had eyes on that program before. Trust me, Nick Saban was watching Monday night when they lost to Michigan. He knows how good this coaching staff is. So I think he believes – they can maybe not keep it at the level, but but right under the level, which means now in a 12-team playoff, they should be there every single year. Yeah. Yeah, I like that higher. I mean, there's there's, there's no, no doubt about it. All right, give me your take on the Rams-Lions. Yeah, it was tough. Uh, red zone opportunities. You guys punched it in. The Rams had to settle for field goals, and uh, that was ultimately the difference in the game. There were questionable calls. I get that. I can't really bitch and complain being a Rams fan. Going back to Super Bowl 53, we beat the Saints on a, a pass interference call that was never called. They even changed the rule the very next year. So um, I get that it just sucks, man, because I really believe as, as great as the season has been for you guys, I believe the Rams are better than Green Bay. I think they're better than Tampa Bay. I think I they're better than Detroit. Um, the only team that scared me was San Francisco, but got a break with what happened last weekend. And – with the upset of Green Bay over Dallas, that it would have been the Rams going on the road to play Tampa. I think they would have handled Tampa, and then I think they would have gotten a one-game situation to get San Francisco to go to a Super Bowl. And once you're there, I think the Rams could have beaten anybody. So I don't want to be greedy. Got one two years ago. I am all in on Detroit because I'm pulling for Jared Goff. Again, the way that trade went down, and it seemed like his career was pretty much over going to Detroit. Uh, your, your coach – um, I love the intensity. He wears me out a little bit, um, <laughs> but but I am I'm pulling for Detroit. He wears now. himself out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's an Aggie. I, I, Lance. He can't help himself. Yeah, he's an Aggie. He's I an know. Aggie. He is yeah. an Aggie. Yeah. I, I I think I don't know if you guys. I haven't come out with official picks yet. You're minus six and a half at home against Tampa. Baker's playing at a great level right now. Um, I think Detroit wins. I don't know if they cover. And then they'll get that shot against San Francisco, as good as Green Bay's story has been. And Jordan Love's been outstanding, 7-2 in his last nine games, 21 touchdowns, only one pick. San Francisco's too much. So I think you'll get a I shot. Got Green Bay. Yeah, that was – that was. I didn't they didn't know that. any better, Lance. 
Yeah, they don't. Yeah, you're right. Aaron Jones is playing like a man possessed. Yeah, and they're, you know, Aaron Jones and Jordan Love, the way they're playing right now. And Brock Purdy, who knows? He could go out there and have a Ravens-esque like performance. That's the biggest Brock Purdy hater you're going to find. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm a realist. I'm a Brock Purdy realist. I, okay, so I think Purdy is done by all circumstances. And look, he's in the perfect system with the perfect talent around him. But I think coming into this game, Jordan Love is the better quarterback of the two right now. I agree. I, I do. I do. I do. I think Jordan Love is – I can't believe how good he is. Um, but I do think San Francisco is going to win that game. I think you guys are going to have a one-game situation. Maybe Brock Purdy shits the bed and you guys are able to move forward. But even if you get to an NFC championship game, man, that's – that's pretty awesome. And you start to look at the talent with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta and Jamison Williams and the biggest stud, Amon Ra St. Brown. I mean, that's going to be a fun team to watch for a while. And you start to look at the weapons that Green Bay's got and, and L.A. I mean, it just it's just not easy to win championships at this level. And that's why when you get so close, it just the losses hurt so much. But you've got three of the most star fan bases playing this weekend in your Detroit Lions in uh, Buffalo, who's never won a Super Bowl, and then San Francisco. I, my old ass, was still in school when San Francisco beat the San Diego Chargers for their last championship. So those are some some hungry fan bases, and uh, it's going to be a fascinating watch. So they've won since 94? That's the last one. Yep. Yeah. They went with yeah, they, 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 they they should have beaten Pat Mahomes four years ago. They had the 10-point fourth quarter yeah. lead. Garoppolo missed with throws. Missed my um, guy from SMU. They had a first and goal against Baltimore in the blackout game down at the Superdome. Harbaugh on Harbaugh. They had an opportunity there. Uh, so they've come close, but it's hard to believe a great organi- organization like San Francisco, with all of the talent they've had the last five years, they've been, been unable to break through. ton of pressure on them, ton of pressure on Buffalo. I don't think there's any more pressure on Detroit. It's whether or not they can come down from this high of winning that playoff game. Um, but I, I think Detroit, Tampa, Green Bay, they're all playing kind of with house money right now. So they'll be loose. We'll see what happens. Last one for me, Lance. You talk about that pressure. It stuck the Cowboys in the ass this past huh. weekend. They're keeping Mike McCarthy, which three straight 12-win seasons. It's hard to get rid of a guy. But, again, that pressure, that Jerry curse, I mean – what should they do or what should they have done? If we're fortunate enough, age comes for all of us. But watching Jerry after that game, he looked like the oldest. Well, I guess he is the oldest right now at this moment that he's ever been on the planet. I get that. That's uh, hey. common knowledge. But he looked like I don't know how much time he's got left. And that's the only thing that surprised me about this. Because when you can win 36-plus games over three years, but you have no postseason wins to show for it, there's, there's there's a disconnect there, and I thought Jerry would probably pull the plug and try to find another solution just because time is of the essence. And again, the NFC is not getting any easier. We mentioned these young teams. Like, I truly believe Detroit's going to be around for a while. Green Bay's going to get better. I think my Rams are going to get better. And Dallas at home was dominant, and for them to be more than a touchdown favorite and not only to lose that game, to get run off the field – and to see the ghost of Dak Prescott passed, um, I can't even imagine being a Cowboys fan right now. But I am surprised Mike McCarthy, regular season record great, surprised they retained him, though. Lanceslock.com for the picks. Any uh, Anything, I mean, my Texans, I'm going with the Texans. 
against the Ravens. Playoff Lamar. I know. Playoff Lamar, and that would be the narrative. If they lose that game, it's going to be much like you get with Dallas. I just think Baltimore's too good. Uh, C.J. Stroud, though, he's fearless. And, boy, the way he played this past weekend and the way their defense just completely um, – I mean, Joe Flacco didn't know what was going on. And this is a guy that, you know, has seven postseason road wins in his career, and he's won a Super Bowl. So Houston's extremely dangerous. I just think best team in the AFC is Baltimore, best team in the NFC is San Francisco. They don't always win, but I think Baltimore wins that game. Do they cover? I don't know yet. Big number. Okay. I'll give you a lean at lanceslock.com. I think I'm going going 4-0 in the divisional. Um, Had a great Monday, Tuesday. Two overtime underdogs kept me from a 7-0 on Tuesday night. We were 7-2 Monday night. We did have a bad night last night, but one of those losses was another underdog in overtime. That's the worst way to lose a college basketball game. But college basketball, NBA, divisional playoffs this week. We'll have it all for you. Lanceslock.com. Free play every single day. Best value out there. We're going to win for you. Jump on board at lanceslock.com. You should be making a killing on Texas basketball betting against them. Oh. How anybody gets upset with horns down? Like I was saying – if he's in traffic and I flip him off, does he call 911? I mean, how you can be that sensitive? Dude, our, first of all, like I, I want tougher people out there because our society is so sensitive in every regard. Like tonight I'm hosting a Q&A and we're doing a Nick Saban wake. And so when I sent it out, we had um, – I wonder why you were dressed in black. Well, I, you know what's funny is I'm not even wearing this tonight. I guess I need to now. I need to find some more blacks. I'm about to go home and get a workout in and then I'm going tonight. But when we sent this out, I started getting feedback internally with my people saying, are we going to catch a lot of flack? Are we going to get shame for having a wake? And I was like, wakes are supposed to be celebration. This is a celebration of 17 years of greatness. And then we had to change the wording. It's celebration of the Nick Saban era just because people get so overly sensitive. It drives me crazy. We have so many problems in this world. And for this to upset a head coach, why don't you go out and win? Okay. And if you, if somebody does this, why don't you call Johnny Dawkins and and say you've got a problem with him? I just exactly. that was handled completely. That was embarrassing. Yeah, it is. It's completely embarrassing. And he's, I mean, Texas fans are going to remember this moment as a potential tipping point for when they knew Rodney Terry was in over his head. Well, and I'll tell you this: you guys had the right guy in Chris Beard. I know the circumstances; oh. it was kind of a forced hand, but Chris Beard. You know, they got beat last night, but you'll watch. He'll be at Ole Miss for a couple of years, and uh, he'll make one of these deep runs, maybe even a Final Four run, and uh, he'll get another big-time job, and Texas fans are going to be like, that was the guy. And it might have been last year. That was the guy that was going to win us a national championship. Yeah. God. Yep. I mean, they had their guy. Yep. And he should have walked away from – Oh, girl. Old girl. She slapped his glasses off his face. <laughs> Come on, Jim. And he snapped. Yeah. And then she's she's cutting yeah. him, scraping him, punching yeah. him. He's got he had cuts and bruises everywhere too, but Bob and Weave, Chris, get out of there. Run yeah. out. That's right. Run out. Get in the I car. Mean, you you kind of know, you know, the the way things play out now. And look, I mean, Texas, I mean, what could you really do in that situation? Just yeah, bad right. situation all, all around, but that was, as far as wins, oh, a guy that, that can run a championship program, he was your guy. That was Texas's Bill Self right there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 
and they're the they're the same guy. I mean, Beard and Self are best friends. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think I mean you guys have got more resources than anybody, and like, and especially in NIL. I mean, what he he the damn. I mean, we saw it at Texas Tech playing for a national championship, and look, he had a uh, at least at that level kind of a generational Texas Tech player. But that team was just airtight. And they had every opportunity to be Virginia that night. Texas Tech to win a national championship. You go to Texas and bring in some of those guys. And let's not forget, man, in, in college basketball roster, all you need is like two of those dudes. Yeah. Oh, and, for sure. And Lance, you can fly under the radar because everybody's worried about what Steve Sarkeesian's doing. You're right. Yeah, and that 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 was key too, Zay. Like it, it's for Nate Oates right now in Alabama. Like he's under the radar and they had the number one overall seed last year. And, you know, you lose in the tournament. If that would have been Nick Saban losing like Georgia this year in the SEC championship and not getting to a college football playoff, people are devastated. But, you know, because it's basketball, people are like, okay, I like what he's building here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if, uh, oh God, what was the kid's name from Texas Tech who left? The freaking three-point shooter. If he just stays on that three, Jared. No, it wasn't Jared Culver. Maybe it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Jared Culver. If he just stays with that shooter instead of like racing into the lane to defend a layup that didn't matter because you're up three, Tech would have won that national championship. I mean, they had the lead. But yeah, pretty amazing. Hey, Lance, have good luck at the wake. I mean, celebration tonight. <laughs> And uh, you guys tune in. I don't know what to expect. We're going to be doing a Q&A. We've got a uh, former Alabama linebacker who played for Saban, played in the NFL for a little bit. He's going to be up there telling Saban stories. We're going to have open mic, people that want to share anything. And we're just going to be drinking and having a good time. So we'll see. How what we time go. is this? Uh, it's going to be six to eight, but it'll be live on uh, next round. All our, you know, our, our YouTube channel, our app, all that kind of stuff. So we're on a million different platforms. But yeah, next round. Six to eight, six to eight tonight. That's uh, that's good because it doesn't conflict with any of our programming. So uh, trust me, I guarantee Isaiah Bond's a name that will come up. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. Maybe Amari Nivelak too. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. All right, Lance, you're the best, man. Let's talk yeah. next week. Okay. Good luck to your lines. You guys have a Thank great you. weekend. Okay. See you guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate that, Lance Taylor. You kidding me? You know who else I appreciate? Have a leasing. Apple leasing, get a new car. It's the new year. No more being miserable in traffic in that car you can't stand. That's no way to go through life. And here's the deal. You've never leased a car before. Let me tell you why this is the way to go. Because you're getting into a new car, a better car than you thought you could afford because you're not paying for the future trade-in value of that car, which is the single biggest reason the car depreciates by thousands when you drive it off the lot. So take that off the board. You're you're saving money there and you're getting into a brand new car. You deserve that. You're gonna be in traffic. You deserve to be in a brand new car that you pick everything. The make, the model, interior, exterior, new car smell. It's a beautiful thing. Apple leasing. AppleLeasing.com, give them a call 346-9977. And Brain Vault. All right, all my competitors out there, uh, the parents, coaches of 
flag football teams, cheerleading squads, lacrosse, you name it. Or maybe they're your kids are good enough to be on the varsity or JV at their school. Brain Vault Mouthguard, developed right here in Austin, Texas, patented, proven to reduce the effects of concussion. This is the mouthguard that is revolutionizing mouthguards. And it's so simple. All you have to do is set up a fitting at brainvault.com. And if you're the head of the team, they will do group fittings. They will come to you. All you have to do is go to brainvault.com. All right, Zay. Our man, uh, Stretch, could be making an appearance here in a in a few minutes. If you've never heard our man, Glenn Stretch Smith, when he gets fired up about the Cowboys, oh, it's, it's going to be like when Zay goes off on Texas basketball here in about 20 minutes. So, uh, Stretch gets, he's a coach. He's coaching in that UFL. Um, he gets fired up about stuff. And I'll be very surprised. He'll either be numb. He'll either be so pissed he's numb. Or he'll be on fire. Uh, there will be no in between with, with stretch. All right, Zay, you and I haven't even talked about the fact that Jerry Jones came out and said, hey, Mike McCarthy's the guy. And just real quick, having covered Jerry, and he tends to listen to the person who makes the most sense in the last five minutes before the decision needs to be made. I kind of like that he's sticking with the plan. What needs to happen here is Dak Prescott needs a frontal lobotomy because that dude is about as soft as all these people in Tuscaloosa getting mad about the wake. Like, I, I don't get it, Zay. You and I are competitors. You play basketball. I won a state championship in tennis. I'm still playing tennis. I get pissed if I'm not winning that match. I don't know how you can compete like that. I don't I don't know how you can just put go from killing it to just looking like you didn't even practice that week. And we've seen this from Dak not just once and and at some point this is why I was like maybe this year is different because you just get sick of it you get sick of losing you get sick of everyone telling you that you're soft and you're not elite and you're never going to win a Super Bowl at some point you just get sick of it and you say you know what I'm just going to go get this done and I thought that's where we were with Dak Prescott and we're not and that pisses me off but we got Glenn Stretch Smith. It's a beautiful day in Dallas-ish, Texas. Stretch, are you – have you recovered? <laughs> Man, I'm out here in the sun. It's about 68 degrees. I'm trying to get my stuff put back together, get, trying to get a few pipes unthawed and – I'm out here. I'm out here in the sun in Alito, Texas, brother. It doesn't get any better than this. Have I recovered from what? Watching that crap Sunday? <laughs> oh, I told our listeners get buckle up, kids, because I mean, when I, Stretch has got some fire. Seriously, fellas. I mean, you know, I I know I've I've, I've 
probably been a little bit unfair to the quarterback because we only have our own point of reference. And unfortunately, my point of reference is a guy that's a Hall of Fame quarterback that was the first pick of the Dallas Cowboys, three Super Bowls. We can go on and on and on. I, and However, I look at what the Cowboys are playing with now at that position, and I, it is I, like I don't understand it. And it feels like they keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And I just, you know, I, I just don't know that he, when all the chips are down, just like he was at Mississippi State when he had them number one in the country, I don't know who they beat, Tennessee or somebody big to get to number one, promptly lose two or three or three or four. I can't remember. It's, I've taken a few too many licks to the head. But eight years later, I mean, it feels like he's that same guy. I mean, he gets an opportunity in an RPO situation in the game to get his team back in the game. It's a five-man box. You don't need to be magna cum laude at Harvard to see us four down and one linebacker. Hand the football. Instead, he pulls the football to throw the inside slant to the guy that they're robbing for a pick six. And the whole thing makes you, it really does. It makes you get into a situation where you just, it makes your butt itch. You're just like, what are we doing here? I mean, why are we, why are we continuing to think that this is going to be any different? We've talked about the Cowboys' challenges defensively all year since DeMarvian Overshone went down, since Vander Esch went down, and since they've had to play safeties down in the box. And if teams were going to be patient enough to run the football, and they certainly could against the Cowboys. But guess what? Throughout the year, it showed that they weren't going to be patient enough and then, obviously, that's a better matchup on your linebackers. I'm sorry, then a linebacker being on a tight end. Obviously, if it's Bell, the safety, Jaron Curse, the safety, matched up against your tight end or your running back, certainly a better position to be in defensively for Dan Quinn. But, I mean, when you continue to throw interceptions in critical situations and when you're not accurate with the football to maintain the chains moving, I, fellas, I, I, I mean, at some point you got to call yourself a football dummy, and maybe that's why I'm out here picking up limbs and picking up stuff out here instead of coaching somewhere. But <laughs> it's frustrating. I mean, Stretch, I thought this was the year that Dak had had enough of those post-season press conferences where he's ex having to explain why he threw two interceptions that killed his team. At least last year, it was like, what, 17-12? And he threw a pick coming in and out of the red zone, two picks, I mean. And I just thought, okay, he's reached that saltiness, that rhinoceros thickness of skin, that he's ready to just say, screw it, I'm never going through that again. And I don't know what was going on with him and C.D. Lamb, but the fact that McCarthy's over there talking to C.D. Lamb, what the hell was going on? How is this shit happening on the day of our home playoff game? 
again, guys, when you when you run an RPO and your and your and your trips to one side, that route is not going to look like a normal slant, second outside step or your third foot as you drive off the football. <clears throat> you're crossing the defensive back's face. That's not what it's going to look like. That inside guy is probably going to go underneath the Sam. The outside guy or the the, end, uh, the slot guy is probably going to run at the mic, and the outside guy is going to go at the safety. And you've got to understand in an RPO situation, it's not a three-step drop, so you have time to read that and look at it. Now, what they were doing on the outside when CD got frustrated, uh, adjustment on a route, when you're to this point in the season – it makes me question who's not on the same page of understanding the coverage, who's not on the same page of understanding the leverage of the corner, who's not on the same page of understanding the level of the safety. Again, I mean, it's pretty elementary football when you have a five-man box. Let's see, you got a center, that's one, and two guards is two, three, two tackles is four, five. Boy, we can get a hat on a hat here. Wouldn't it be a novel idea if I handed this football off? Yeah. I mean, so well, CD, CD is telling us that Dak Prescott don't know what the hell he's doing out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, again, I, I don't, I don't know who I'm going to put. I, I don't know who I'm going to put the most faith in. I mean, I, I'm not sure. Dak, I, I mean, I don't coach in there. I don't know what the call was. I don't. CD know looked has. like he knew he was right, and Dak was the one trying to plead his case. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, if that's what you're seeing, then I, I, I'll agree with that. I'm not saying that that's not the case. What I'm saying is when you're to this point in the season and we right. have shown right. over and over, there's only so many coverages that can be run. There isn't any new football being put out there. You're playing one, two, two-man, three, three with a robber, four, Quarters, six quarter, quarter, half weak, nine quarter, quarter, half strong. I like to, I can teach audience here in about five minutes. They, they know <laughs> what the coverages are. Yeah. Well, well, Stretch, go back to your time with number eight because he didn't take no shit from anybody. I mean, that C.D. Lamb stuff wouldn't have happened because Troy Aikman, he would let you know, yo, you're not going to embarrass me on the sideline with all these cameras and stuff. Do your job. I'm going to do mine, and we're going to be successful from it. Like, Dak doesn't have that in him. Well, and, and, and neither does – and neither do other guys on that team. Do you not – did you not see Michael Irvin go off? After yep. the game, if you haven't, take a look at his YouTube and him oh. going off. I oh, mean, we... at some point, yes, accountability with players is big. And we know the saying, if you're pointing the finger, you got three pointing right back at you. Uh, yeah. Would eight have put up with that? Are you kidding me? And, and, and not only that, I mean, you know, I would have heard an earful of it coming off the field because – I mean, he he would he he would have been trying to bounce it off of me. So, no, he he wouldn't have put up with that. Michael wouldn't have put up with it. Emmett wouldn't have put up with it. Eric Williams wouldn't have put up with it. I mean, you need me to call roll on the Cowboys '95 championship team. Jimmy I can do it. Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Darren Woodson wouldn't have put up with it. Barry Switzer didn't put up with it. Arnie Zampezi didn't put up with it. At some point, it's got to come from within yeah. the players' locker room, and those guys have to take 
accountability. They're the ones playing the game. And we can sit here and talk about coaches losing their job and moving on a different direction and all those things. But at some point, it's got to come from within. And guys have to accept responsibility for the fact that they, you know, they've fallen short. They continue to fall short. And what are they going to do to uh, to change that in the offseason? Yeah. Well, the- Dak is the problem. And they're committed to him for one more year, unless they're not. Correct. I mean, correct. They're they're in that position, and they're going to have to say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna ride this out. We're gonna take this fifty nine million dollar cap hit, and if we don't see something different this year, then you're exactly right. I mean, they've got to think about what they're going to do to, uh, you know, to shift gears. I mean, I've sat and said all year, would you? Would you rather have Dak Prescott at forty-five million or Baker Mayfield at two point five million? Would you rather have? Now hang on. Would you rather have or Dak Nick Prescott Foles. at forty-five, or would you rather have Mac Jones at, in a rookie year? Would you rather have Ryan Tannehill for twenty-five million dollars? There's a lot of different things that you can do. I I, I think Dak is a good football player. I don't think he he, I don't think he's a great player. I don't think he's worth the money that you're paying him. And at some point, this is a business, and you have to make a business decision. Would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott in 2024? I'll take Kirk Cousins. Hell yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I said back when they had this contract decision with Dak, franchise him, franchise him, got him, let him or let him go. But he's uh, not the guy. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disagree with you because when you look at it and if you're honest with yourself, when you look at it and you study it and you understand what's going on, your, you know, your, your eyes don't lie. You, you, you've looked at it. You make a, you make a, a good sound football decision. How many years do you need to look at the same thing before you're able to make a, a football decision? All right, story time with stretch time. Do you have a memory of the maddest you've ever seen Troy Aikman get? Because I've seen clips and he's be cursing like a sailor, chewing out guys, like chewing out offensive linemen who are twice as big as him. Yeah. I I mean, I think more that it's about, you know, more than being about Aikman or more than being about a certain individual, it's it's about the makeup of the football team. And I mean, you know, when I go back and remember the makeup of, of our football team when we won the Super Bowl, I mean, obviously, Michael worked all day, every day. Now, well, not all day because he'd go to the White House and get him some, you know. Well, I, I mean, again, you're going to go to your church and I'm going to stay going to mine. I'm just telling you what I saw. And yes, was he out in the streets of Austin, Texas till four or five in the morning? Yeah. But let me tell you what, when it came time to practice, he was money. Rodney, he was going a hundred miles an hour. When it came that. time when it came time in the summertime, it Always was June strength. and July, he'd he'd be out there dragging. I I'll never forget it. I mean, I remember I was out there, so I just happened to be walking that day, and, and, and he, he's out there in full pads. Now I'm telling you, this is a month before we go to camp. You're like, why is he in full pads? Michael, what are you doing? It's a stretch. I'm gonna drag that sled right there till I can't drag it another foot. And he would run routes dragging a sled with a 45-pound plate on back of that sled. Now, that to me 
is a football player who has a fear of not being good enough. Aikman had a fear of not being good enough. I mean, not, and so he worked at it all the time. Michael worked at his craft all the time. Darren Woodson, all the time. I mean, I could sit here and go on and on. But the point is, is does that football team at the Cowboys, do they have that makeup? And the answer is they do not because they continue to show that they do not. I'm not saying they don't have good football players. I'm not saying that there aren't really good football players on that roster. But at some point, accountability within the players and within the locker room has to be something that you rely on. And I don't care what football team you're on. I don't care if you're talking about Dallas Cowboys, if you're talking about coaching at Bemidji State. doesn't make a crap. you got to have players that have accountability within the locker room, and then you got to have strong leadership at the top. And I'm never going to – you've heard me say it a million times. Jerry Jones is a great owner. All he wants to do is win. Has he made some mistakes? Absolutely. We all make mistakes. But when you look at the makeup of the Dallas Cowboys right now, it looks like a lack of real desire and leadership from within. And I I, I don't know how you change that other than possibly think about, you know, how are you going to retool and restructure this organization? Yeah. I mean, Jerry – he is the definition of insanity as a GM, sadly. But um, I'm convinced now it's Dak, and that's, you know, Dirk used to drive everyone crazy because he was great in the regular season. He disappeared in the playoffs. And then he, and then 2011 came. He just got sick of it. He got to that point in his career where he's like, I'm going to fucking boss everybody right now. Steve and, Young. Steve Young, right? Steve Young. Steve Young was the same way. Yeah, Yeah, he said, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go win and I'm going to show people that they can turn the page from Joe Montana. And, and, yep. and, and, and he went out and produced and did that. And, and you're exactly right. I mean, guys have had that opportunity. How many opportunities do you need? How many opportunities do you think you can get? Because it is very hard to win at, at a high level. You've heard yeah. me say it a hundred times. I'm not going to style point this or style point wins because it's hard to win but at the end of the day you only have so many chances and the window closes a little bit every day nobody has ever outran father time we're all headed for the same we're all headed in the same direction it's just a question of when our number is going to get called but the point is you only get so many opportunities and, and 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 those opportunities have come and gone and he has not gotten it done and my placing all of it on him not really but the bottom line is when you're the quarterback and you get the ball every offensive snap guess what you're the one making all the money and you do shoulder the blame well and he told us after that press conference if mike mccarthy's in trouble i should be in trouble yeah Yeah. you should be in trouble yeah like i would be right is that not i mean but i i I try not to listen to that because i want to say is i mean that's like a flair for the obvious Okay. Well, we're right. But here's my question. Is okay, Jerry's gonna keep Mike McCarthy. Would he do something radical like go get me Kirk Cousins? I mean, I I'm not saying he won't. I don't I think there's a no trade clause in there. Um I I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the um you the know, I, I don't know exactly what the I don't know exactly what the contract says or 
like you were saying, the cap hit. Um, to me, where we sit today is that I don't believe, you know, Jerry was going to have to have a better option to get rid of Mike McCarthy. He was going to, he's, he's always had the bird in the hand before I'm going to make a change at head coach. He, he obviously doesn't see that. I thought he might, you know, I thought he might make a run at Jim Harbaugh because Jim Harbaugh has been a quarterback whisperer. He did a great job with Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick, guys that are probably a little less, um, you know, talented maybe than Dak. I thought he might, you know, make a call and gauge where is Coach Saban? Could I get a young offensive guy in here? Would he met? Would he call Pete Carroll and say, could I get a young offensive guy that might be the coach in waiting? and have Pete Carroll come in here. He obviously didn't like any of those options and, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. These guys, I mean, both of those guys are kind of in a, what I would say, a one-year lame duck situation. And if this team doesn't go out and start fast next year, it'll be just like when Wade Phillips was here. He'll, He'll make a change five or six games into it, give it to an interim guy, some young guy and then and then go with it and that's a tough that's going to be a tough situation to want to sell cowboys nation on is the fact that you have a head coach in a lame duck year and a quarterback that is is, it's going to be his his last go so you know i'll I'll just throw out a scenario at you i mean is there a instead of talking about what would they do with the quarterback i mean if it doesn't work out you know would you be inclined to say i'll take two ones for micah parsons I'll, I'll, I'll try to tear this thing down and, and try to see if we can rebuild it. I mean, I think there's a couple of different ways that it could go. And people aren't going to want to hear the rebuilding situation, but how, how has Tampa done with what, they've, with what they've shown you they can do rebuilding? Yeah, they barely got in the playoffs. And, yeah, they were about a 500 football team, but they're doing it, you know, under that cap structure that has got them collared. So... Uh, I, I just think you're going to you're going to come into a season of a lot of uncertainty with the Dallas Cowboys, and reminds me a lot of what I'm doing here right now. I'm not really certain whether I'm going to go take these covers off these faucets or leave them on because it's going to get cold in a few days. <laughs> oh, stretch. Um, yeah, I mean, you see how teams have have come back. The Rams. I mean, and the Rams made a radical move at quarterback preceding the Super Bowl win by, you know, trading Goff for Matt Stafford. They won the Super Bowl. Then they had to kind of rebuild, and they're back. I mean, they're going to be – No, 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 no question. They had to, they, but, but they had to move a bunch of that around, right? They had to move Jalen Ramsey. They had to move – you know, they had to have guys retire the – the, the big left tackle, you know, he, he, he retired Whitworth. And so they had to, they had to do some, they got rid of the running back acres. I mean, you're right. They had to do some different things to, to shuffle the deck. They said, okay, here's who we're keeping. We're keeping the quarterback. We're going to keep Aaron, Don, Aaron Donald and, and, and Raheem Morris is went in there as the, you know, was the defense coordinator is the defense coordinator's done a great job with the defense. And you're right. They, they kind of went out there and played and, at times it was ugly, and they won some games and, and uh, put themselves in position to be, to be right where the Dallas Cowboys were. One and done in the playoffs. Another year. 
<laughs> hey, Stretch, last one for me, man. We appreciate you. Dan Quinn, do you think he's staying in or leaving? And do you think that affected the defense, which ended up in all giving up 48 points because they knew this was probably it for old Danny boy? Yeah, I, I, I think he's going to have multiple opportunities to go. I do think he'll – I mean, if I had to guess, bet, wager, I'd, I'd, I'd say, you know, maybe the possibility of going to Seattle. Um where do the Cowboys go defensively? Do they try to keep Al Harris, who's the defense back coach? Do they try to keep somebody else here? Do they bring somebody else in? I, I, I really don't know. I don't think I, I don't think the Cowboys are going to stand pat in that way. I think with McCarthy staying, I think that means that Dan Quinn will be um, will be going, and and you know that's a shame because I think when you look at the overall time that he's been here he's done a hell of a job with these guys and um you know where dallas goes defensively from there i i, I don't know but I, I don't think they're going to stand pat with the dan quinn as the defensive coordinator and again mike mccarthy's the play caller and they've already shown that mccarthy's going to come back here as the head coach so stretch just, that was my only question after this after that loss was do they elevate dan quinn the head coach, because we were all joking a year ago, he's head coach in waiting. Yeah, I mean, and 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 you're right. And then, you know, they 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 went out and, you know, really didn't didn't play well. I mean, quite frankly, yeah, the defense, you know, the, the, their best guys didn't didn't play well. I mean, Parsons didn't play well. Um, you know, they just didn't have a they they didn't have the didn't success the run. that they should have had. Well, we knew they weren't going to stop the run, but the point I'm making is they didn't have the. They didn't have the success overall rushing the passer, doing the things that they had done to hurry him to get bland the picks and do those kind of things. They play, you know, and he decided to play zone coverage against Green Bay where they'd been playing man coverage most of the year. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't in those meetings, so I certainly don't like to comment on that kind of stuff. But uh, I do think that uh, Dan will be going on and getting a, a head coaching job and then, what Dallas decides to do defensively, it is yet to be seen. And, you know, obviously a head coach that's going to be, you know, kind of, like I said, kind of in a lame duck situation with a quarterback. Does that make you want to go spend about $500 on a season ticket? <laughs> Stretch, you're the best, my man. All right, fellas, y'all have, y'all have a great day. See I hope you didn't watch Texas basketball last night. I didn't watch. I didn't watch any hoops last night. I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not telling the truth. I watched part of the Mavericks and the Lakers for about seven minutes, and I, and and then I turned it over to, I don't know, West Coast Nation or something. Watch them build a damn chopper. Something that would interest me more than basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mavs weren't worth a flip last night either. Yeah, <laughs> that's a. You see what I'm saying? It kind of. It's uh, it, it's uh, it's in the water right now around here, and it's uh, you know they they thank goodness for Bruce Bochy and the Rangers because otherwise you know it. Well, I, th I think the Stars are playing okay. Maybe that's where I need to go. Maybe I'll watch start watching <laughs> a little hockey. Time to go watch a little hockey stretch. Yeah, go watch a little hockey. Hey, it's like I used to tell Texas fans: pull out your 2005 Live the Dream DVD and watch it again.
<laughs> that's, exa- that's exactly right. I mean, it, and what's wrong with that? I'd tell no. Cowboys fans that. Put put on the ninety. Oh, they didn't have DVDs in ninety five. What were they still playing? Beta VHS. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been so long. Whew, boy, another uh, another year, fellas. But it, it was it was fun chopping it up with you guys. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get an opportunity again. Yeah, All right, brother. We sure do appreciate you. All right, fellas. Have a have a have a uh, have a blessed rest of your winter. Stay warm. Enjoy that beautiful sunshine. See you guys. Have a good day. All right. There he is. Glenn Stretch Smith, former Cowboys offensive assistant coach. He was money and told me everything I needed to know, Zay, about Dak not making rudimentary reads in the RPO game and CD just being like, what are you doing? Are you yeah. even paying attention? That's what I'm saying, man. Like, CD, F you right now. That's what I'm telling them on the sideline where Mike McCarthy was consoling him and putting his hand on his, you know, chest. I'm like, are you okay, CD? Are you all right, huh? You know, little baby want to cry, this and that. In the first quarter, that's why I mentioned Troy Aikman. Because Troy Aikman would be like, yo, cut that shit out. Don't, don't do this. Ain't the time. Man up, do your role. I'm gonna do mine, and we're gonna see where the chips fall because we can't be bitching at this point. And that's what it was. So Dak felt pressured to give the ball to CD Lamb. Savage pick six that thing, 27 0. Oh, that that robber. All right. Um, speaking of ball games. Big screen, baby. Audio-visual consultations. Our man, Tom McKay. You want to get the best price on big screen and the best big screen. All you have to do is call 255-8678. And Tom and his crew are going to bring everything to you. Don't You don't have to move a muscle. All you have to do is pick up that phone and call 255-8678. Tom and his crew bring everything to you from the best price on big screens to uh, surround sound, surveillance, new lighting. Electronic Shades, avconsultations.com. Um, and how about a little uh, Cover 3 action heading into this weekend? You want a great place to watch the uh, the playoffs this weekend? Cover 3. Oh, yeah. How about the uh, Sean Adams Prime Rib Sandwich? That's my go-to. The Parmesan Fries. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, happy hour. You're getting $5 off the appetizer menu. Um, the appetizer menu is unbelievable. I love the crispy shrimp and the cocktail sauce. You get that buffalo style, blow your mind. Oh, yeah, cover three. Enjoy. Thank me later. All right, Zay, I'm going in. Chip shot is I was going to talk about some other stuff, but I'm going in on Dak Prescott. I am done. I was done a long time ago. You were done a long time was, ago, yeah. I was forced to continue to have to watch him in the Dallas Cowboys uniform because they didn't listen to me. I would have franchised, franchised, see ya. Because what we've got here now is the defin- definition of insanity and 
yeah, CD did not handle it right. He needed to go over to Dak and be like, I don't know what you're smoking, but uh, that was a rudimentary RPO. If you ever throw that again, I'm going to punch you in the face. Now let's go. Let's get him. That's what should have happened. Instead, CD was like, for the thousandth time this season, you didn't know what you were doing on the RPO. You couldn't read the leverage. You screwed it up. And I'm pissed. That can't happen. That can't happen in the playoffs. That can't happen in the first quarter of the playoffs. We can't be seeing, you know, Mike, Mikey going over to the benchy and CD, are you okay? You're you okay. okay. You okay. Poor little sooner. Feelings hurt. Did you get your feelings hurt? Did your girl try and grab your phone again? <laughs> what? I mean, that's what that's what we're left with. So, Jerry, you want you love excitement. You love making the deal. You love the splash. You love the headlines in the offseason. Go get you a quarterback. Go get you a quarterback. Go get you a quarterback who can finish. Go get you a quarterback who can't sleep unless he is looking at the crying faces of his opponent as he walks off the field knowing that he's going to go get whoever he wants back in his hotel room that night and he's going to go win the next round of the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl and be the king. Not just do sleep number commercials, but do all the commercials like Rob Gronkowski for winning Super Bowls and Patrick Mahomes for winning Super Bowls. Don't you see what life can be like? But that shouldn't even be the motivation. The motivation should be all the work you've ever put into the game of football. Every workout you've ever had, every practice, every game, cold, rain, heat, whatever it took. Every day you spent in camp as a fourth round pick of the Dallas Cowboys grinding, hoping one day you'd get to be in that spot once held by the likes of Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman. How do you not wake up every morning saying, this is what I live for? Nothing is going to deter me in my plan. I got weapons. I got dudes. I got, I got enough. I got enough to win. And I'm going to go win because I love winning and I hate losing. And I want to feel that. I want to feel that Vince Lombardi trophy in my hands and know that I'm a made man. They're always going to have to introduce me now as Super Bowl champion, Dak Prescott. But Zay, that's not what this guy's about. He's had three chances. Three. Dan Marino got one. And he was the best passer in the history of the game until Peyton Manning broke his records. He got one. Dak is acting like this is candy corn, and they're going to hand it out at the next house, and the next house, and the next house. And it's – I've had it. I'm done. I'm, I, I've been done on Dak. I try to believe – I, like, jokingly said during last summer, maybe this is his Dirk Nowitzki year. Maybe he just – finally says, I'm not listening to any other noise. I'm single-minded. I'm in. Nope. No way. I'm amazed and I'm appalled and I'm done. 
All right, yeah. let's go to the right call. I mean, I hey, well done. Well done. That was terrific. Uh, that was terrific. Hey, I, I'm right there with you, man. Like, I thought this was the year for Dak, too. Led the league in interceptions in 2022. This year, he's top four in MVP voting. I think it's just the yips at this point. I think once he gets to the playoffs, with all the pressure that comes with the Dallas Cowboys and being the quarterback, he's just not made for it. And, you know, some guys, they love this time, you know, the postseason, you know, the Michael Jordans of the world and the Tiger Woods of the world. And some guys, they just fold. They can't handle it, you know. And Dak Prescott seems like one of those guys. So I feel for Cowboys fans. I really do. But I do too. Yeah. All right. I guess we got 12 minutes left to talk about the <laughs> basketball team. Before that, though. Well, we got all day tomorrow. Do we? God. Covert B Cave, the Covert Automotive, just family-owned group of automotive dealerships. They have been terrific doing it for over a hundred years and giving you a high-quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles. And they've just been leaving customers satisfied. The service is terrific, too. So go check them out down there at BK, beautiful 42 acres in the Hill Country. And they have seven terrific brands to choose from. So you're going to find the vehicle of your dreams. It could be a Dodge, Chrysler, Cadillac, GMC, Ram, Buick, or Jeep. Covert BK has you covered. Go to covertbcave.com for all the latest specials and inventory. Yo, that hoopty, get rid of it. That check engine light coming on all the time, get rid of it. You know, where that smoke, every time you turn the ignition and you just see that smoke pop up and smoke coming out the AC joint, you don't want all that. Get rid of it. Go to Covert B Cave. They'll hook you up. Nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. Oh, man. This Texas basketball team is the laughing stock of all of college football or basketball right now. Excuse me. Um, it's sad, Chip. Sad and disappointing, you know, what we saw yesterday on the court and once we, what we saw when time expired. And both teams, handshaking line. I know people have talked about getting rid of the handshaking line and stuff because they don't do it in the NBA or the pros. Some guys go straight to the locker room. Some guys will, you know, dap it out with their homies. But in collegiate sports, especially in basketball, that's what we do. And Rodney Terry, man, you put yourself in a very tough situation with how you handled that line. Like teams are going to throw down, horns down. That's what they're going to do. Like, you got to understand where you're at. This is the University of Texas. Everybody hates you. We've been talking about Isaiah Bond and how much money that he got from Lance Taylor. We're going up almost seven figures, six figures. That's why people hate Texas. That's why people hate Texas. Because Texas are just throwing money around, which a lot of these universities can't do that. So there's a certain hate that comes with wearing the burnt orange that you have to embrace and you have to accept. Uh, there's always that stigma. Everybody wants to be Texas. Everybody plays their hardest when they see that burn orange they're going against. Yeah, that's what it is. And you're getting paid handsomely for that. So overreacting. Ortiz making $3 million a year. That's a lot of bread. More bread than anybody in my family has ever seen. Again, dude's family. My big papa. My grandfather. On my father's side. And Coach Terry's pops just passed away. Great Uncle Calvin. Stepbrothers. He's family. What we saw last night, I don't know what that was. 
I love Coach Terry to death. Absolutely love him. Definitely thinks he deserves the job. But everybody has a right to question him now. Everybody. Because him allowing himself to get that emotional, to react to UCF's players being, air quote, disrespectful, those are the last things you need to worry about right now with a one and three in Big 12 Texas team that's playing down to their competition. That blew a six-ranked opponent's next. Six-ranked opponent's next. You blow a 16-point lead. You're up by 12 at halftime. You get completely out-rebounded and out-physical. They make more free throws or they made more free throws the same amount as you shot, you know, like it, it's just, you, you have way more things to worry about than what Johnny Dawkins team is going through. Like let him, let him handle that. Don't, I'm not trying to hear that. You talk about the pressure, like we don't do that. People don't do that on our court. No beat them. They shouldn't beat you on your court. You're worried about the wrong things, man. And a, a small smidget Kevin Hart, Muggsy Bowes, part of me is thinking that, okay, he loves the University of Texas. So just like what Mac Brown thought, he's trying to stand up for Texas. But the horns down, that's just – that's not it. That's not how you stand up for Texas. You stand up by cursing your team out for blowing a 16-point lead, by not playing Brock Cunningham at all. He hasn't gotten better in six years. Him taking Kendall Weaver's minutes? No. Hell no. Brock's not giving you shit. Don't play him. IT Horton playing him last night. That was a big move. But now you don't get no credit for it for what you did after the game and losing. Like they threw that 2-3 zone, Jim Beheim whack-ass 2-3 zone at him. That completely changed the th- game. Yeah. Like, for me, growing up, if you play the zone, my eyes got big. Yeah, because you're going right to the middle. Right to the middle, flashing, catching it right over the top. They gave it to Zirik Oyema right there at the free throw line. That middle dude on the uh, playing defense in the middle of that 2-3 zone for UCF, he stood there and was like, shoot it, fool, shoot it. <laughs> Zirik Oyema was pump faking and stuff. He took it to the man and then got a shot blocked. It, it was just like, dog. Dylan Mitchell, who had a solid game, why are you blocking goaltends? What message are you trying to show? That's just dumb shit. That yeah, that was like a 12-foot jumper. It like, doesn't make – yes, a dude like Shaw the Fuller, it was almost in. Dylan Mitchell, here he comes out of nowhere, just throws it in the stands. Like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, UCF coming back. This Texas team, they're getting ignorant. Then you smile afterwards. Like, why are you smiling? That's not cool. Nothing's cool about that. You're giving up points. And it's too hard for you to score on the offensive end. You can't afford to give up any points, man. The way that they abused Mac eight, Max Acemas the last three minutes defensively was brutal. Johnson, Allen, they kept going that dude. That's the game plan. If you have number three on you, I'm going to continue to preach this because that's what it is. If number three is guarding you for Texas, go at him. Go at him. You're going to force guys to double team. There was one play where he got double teamed uh, or they uh, he was guarding someone and then the double team came. They swung it around and ended up getting an open shot because they have to overhelp due to Max Acemas being too small. Did right? he notice Acemas, like you're never supposed to leave your feet? He never leaves his feet. Yeah, he can't. Like the guy's getting ready to go up with a shot. And Ace Miss will just like try to put his hand over his eye. Yeah, because he doesn't because he know that's smart because he can't afford to foul. He right. knows he can't afford but to he never tries to, you know, go, he never tries to like oh yeah, there's no point. They're gonna see right over him. He'll he'll just foul him. That's the thing. He won't block it, he'll just foul. 
So he knows I might as well just stay on the ground and, hey, I'm not going to grow anytime soon. So it's just last night was an absolute disgrace. And Coach Terry, he, he has to apologize. He has to because a lot of Texas faithful has turned their back on him. Everybody, a lot of people are thinking, oh, this guy, he ain't cut for it. He don't have that toughness because that's a soft move. That's a soft move. You lose a 16-point lead, and then you're bitching about what the other team's doing. Yes, they're going to disrespect you. That's college basketball. That's college sports. That's what it is. Like saying we don't do that and all this in the presser. Like, nah, you don't disrespect us on our court. You don't do that. You know, that's class. Well, and he said it that. like six times. He's like, don't do that shit. Don't do that shit. He kept saying it to like each different guy. I'm like, RT, take a breath, dude. Just tell him once and walk away and then go tell Johnny Dawkins or don't just go don't, tell Johnny Dawkins. You don't say anything. You don't, don't say, say anything. anything. You take that ass whooping like a man and then go regroup. That's what I'm saying. He needs to. Yeah, and he needs to take that back into his locker room and say, do you see them doing horns down? Thank you. To piss you off. That's what I'm saying. Like, look what they're doing. Look how they feel about you. Right. Look at what your home fans are coming to see. We're supposed to take care of home court advantage against a team that's going to be on the bubble just like Texas. That you UCF work. team. You built that 15-point be- lead with 14 minutes to go. Come and on, then what man. happened? It's just that's tough. That's tough, man. That's he, he needs to come in and apologize. Like, hey, I let my emotions get the best of me. I apologize to Coach Dawkins and that UCF basketball team. That's not my battle to fight. That's not. I was a little emotional for the loss and I took it out on UCF. I shouldn't have done that. I'm better than that. We're better than that. I got to be better. And move forward. Like, I love the university. Say that you love the University of Texas. I love the University of Texas. I felt like when, you know, the burn orange gets disrespected, like when it gets disrespected, I lose it. I got to control myself because the position that I'm in now, I can't do those types of things. Like, that's very Tom Herman headbutt flick off the camera type shit. That, that, that's what that was. That, that's what that was. Shit. It was. That, that's what that was, man. Like, that's a great call. That that's very that. That's a great call. You can't get into that. You can't let the emotions get the most of you, man. You don't gotta swing understand. down. Yeah, don't swing down. Don't don't do that. And don't that's tough down. because again, like in a way that represents my family. A lot of people look at my pops as the one of the first ones to give Coach Terry a shot, and they know the history that we're family and stuff. So people are going to look at CeCe and be like, damn, CeCe, you teach him that? Hell no, he didn't do that. No. CeCe didn't do stuff like that. He didn't. Coach Terry's his own man. You know what I'm saying? Do we love him? Do we – are we definitely proud of him at the position that he's in coming from – being a freshman coach at Bowie High School in 1992 to the University of Texas head basketball coach in 2024? Yes, especially as a black man. That's a ginormous accomplishment. So there's certain things you have to carry yourself with in this position. And Coach Terry let you know the worst of them just – take over last night and it sucks man it it really does because you win that game none of that happens none of it happens at all and only positive it horton dropping 20 you like that he's got some confidence back but still your bench points that lack of production there what seven bench points total what are you getting outscored 27 to 8 in conference play on the bench And, and look at tyrese hunter's minutes again 
look at his minutes. What are we doing? I get it. He had four turnovers, but his presence out there, you got to let him like, I don't want turnovers either, but him being out there is what's best for the team right now. It's just this. He has to have over 30 minutes every single game, just because you need another threat. You just the zoo were working well together and they were both hitting. And then they both went out. The got cold. No, it, IT Horton's not looking for Dazu. So Dazu goes over in the second half. Dazu's their best player. Like IT Horton, I don't, IT Horton, I'm done with him. What? He dropped like, 20. What do you mean? He dropped 20, but where's he been? Like, really? You got to start to give me this? You're only good if you I, start? I, some guys are like that. As weird as it is, I hate it too. It's one of my his biggest defense, pet peeves. His some defense. guys. This, this team should be built around Dylan DeZue and Tyrese Hunter and Max Aismas, and we have to manage Aismas so that he's not just killing us defensively. But everyone else, your job is to fill in because Dylan Mitchell is like a mouse in a maze. He's got great energy. He's all about it. Half the time, you you don't know where his head is because yeah. he could be unbelievable as a defender and rebounder and and shot blocker but don't block 12 footers that are coming down yeah brock cunningham doesn't even deserve double digit minutes he's lost it he's, he's lost, lost it there's there's he gives you nothing he's not even looking at the gold ship like he is zero threat to being a scoring option zero so as a defender that makes it so much easier to guard everyone He's a we live guy. Anytime he touches the ball, you'll take a step back and you'll just say, we'll live. If he knocks a shot down, we'll take it because that means Ace Miss isn't. That means Dylan Sue isn't. That means Tyrese Hunter isn't. And those guys, they're not getting in the rhythm. Let Brock Cunningham try to drop 20 on us. We oh want God. that. Everybody you, wants that. And if Coach said- Perry's willing to put him in for 19 minutes, then you're probably going to lose. Like last year it worked because you had the toughness of a Timmy Allen. You had the toughness of a Serge Jabari Rice and a Marcus Carr and a Christian Bishop. Those guys are gone. Dylan Mitchell, he has a lot of just talent, but he's not necessarily skilled. You know, no, his motor goes skilled. on and off. It goes on and off at times where you're like, dude, and it'll just do dumbass shit like blocking goaltends. For no re- up by up by 12 points, the team is clearly coming back and showing that they're aggressive. And you want to block a goaltend because it's cool? Are the NBA scouts thinking, oh, man, he's so athletic. Look at what he's doing blocking goaltends. No, you're costing your team, man. You're costing your team. Like Zirko Yema, again, I'd play him just because at least he tries. He has zero skill in the world. He might throw up a jump hook every now and then. But other than that, he's not going to give you much. But at least he cares. Kendall Weaver, too. Kendall Weaver has to get way more than way what, more. four minutes that he got. Brock Cunningham. Come in and foul, dudes. That's all you got. I'm like, come on, RT. You're better than this. <laughs> you're better than this. You've got to be better than this. Yeah, he's better. And then, Cedric, dude, take a, take a breather. My lineup right now is Dylan DeZue, Dylan Mitchell, Tyrese Hunter, Max A. Smith, and Kendall Weaver. Oh, yeah. All those guys should have 30 minutes a game, at least. And Caden Shedrick can come in and go out. 
Yeah. He's not my guy anymore. Oh, yo, when Allen put his nuts on his neck, that was ball game there. When he went up and attempted to duck on him and the ball got loose, but it still counted, but it had his nuts all on the back of his neck. And then Kendall Weaver was like, sum me out. <laughs> my back hurts. My, my, my back hurts. Dude just had his nuts all up on my neck, attempting to dunk my ass. Now my back hurts, man. It's it's a brutal sight right now, and it's sad. It's sad. And Coach Terry, now, now they're the laughing stock of college basketball because Coach Terry got a little so sick. feelings. He has to apologize, man. He has to. He, he, he has to. It's a must. Like, it's some sort of way he can't just let this ride and think that it's that that was okay. Because Coach Dawkins, he deserves an apology. Like, it's supposed to be cutthroat. You're not supposed to like us. Competitive. You got to be competitive out here. Like, yeah. I want guys take, that are willing to fight. Like, take, I don't that, want... take that anger back to your own locker room and say, do you see what those dudes were doing? You okay with that? Because if you are, we're starting over. We're going back to camp. Yeah, starting man. right now. Y'all are going to run 30 lengths of this floor until you throw up. If that doesn't bother you. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Brock Cunningham, K KD. It's he's supposed to be a football player. You a basketball player coming out of Westlake. Hey, some ain't right. Some ain't right. Brock acting like it. Some ain't right. He's giving those Drew Gresson, Brad Buckman, Chris Sims brothers a bad rep right now with what he's showing. It's not a good look. I think his girl broke up with him or he caught her with someone else or something. I don't know. Oh, he is playing. No, he's he doesn't have any. He's he looks like someone kicked him in the nuts. Like yeah. he can't breathe. He's playing like he can't breathe. No, you're right. I, I'm with you. Although, in fairness, his dad, Ed, played on the mid-'80s teams. They were like seven, four, six, and five every year. So, Yikes. No, I mean, Brock is a beast. Yeah. But it's not Brock. That's not Brock. We're seeing Agreed. something else. Agreed. That's, ugh, come on, RT. You got to break. Right. I mean, I, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to bore you all with this, but. I'm listening to Vic Schaefer today. Oh God, here we go. Coach of the women's, <laughs> Coach of the women's basketball team. Those girls fought so hard. They fought like pigs in mud with slime he, and turf. He lost the best point guard in the country. God bless America. Yeah. And by God, he's getting that team going, baby. Oh. My man RT. The sign of a well, this is the easiest formula in life. The sign of a well-coached team yeah. is week-to-week -week improvement. Yep. I sign know. of a well-coached team is week-to-week -week improvement. And, Chip, if, team, we, if, if we only would have had, like, you know, 10 years of him coaching at prior places to give us any type of feedback on that before. It... <laughs> All right. We've, 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 we've overstayed our welcome. No, you haven't. Y'all are great. But good uh, gravy. That was awful. He, he's, he's just got a bunch of dudes on this roster right now. Like he doesn't have pieces to a puzzle that comes together to form a, a better picture. It's just a bunch of random pieces from different puzzles. Yeah, they're not connected. Not There's no player leadership right now. I mean, if there is, it's the worst I've ever seen. 
I think that Hunter had a chance to be that leader, but he's almost it's almost like he's too good of a teammate at times. Like he needs to be more assertive and be the guy that's like, no, I need the basketball right here. I can score and I can also get it to other guys. They were better assist wise last night than they have been in much of conference play, but it was still not enough and way too much settling for three pointers down the stretch, too. Oh my God. Yeah. Thirteen of their last Today's- fifteen were threes. Today should be one of those practices. We're not using the basketball till Two hours in, we're putting rim our lids on the rims, and we're just doing grind work. The just the most awful drills you could possibly do to get some fight, and hopefully we might have a little squabble at practice because hopefully somebody can show their competitive nature. I don't know, or be pissed off for starting one and three in the Big Twelve, and we're gonna play those guys who are gonna be pissed off going into Baylor on Saturday. That's that, and then uh, you also need to uh, to. Put in what is going on with my kids' basketball teams right now, where everybody has to yell out loud every time the ball is passed on offense. One, two, three, four. And after five, you can look for a shot at that point, guys. Who are you, Gene Hackman, Hoosiers? Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> is this is this straight from uh, Coach Elling's whistle? This team could apply some of that. I don't coach basketball. I would probably be better at coaching basketball than I am volleyball. And I am the Nick Saban of second and third grade <laughs> Cedar Park volleyball. But- by that he meaning by, by that by that he meaning he he cheats a bunch, guys. <laughs> I cheat a bunch, but I also win a bunch. Well, fair, fair. <laughs> but I've seen that applied to this to these younger kids, and it actually works because they're moving around. They they're getting a better understanding of what it means to get open. And they're also sharing the freaking basketball too. So yes, it is a rudimentary concept, but uh, sometimes college teams need to uh, get back to the fundamentals. Trey would be that little league coach is like, everyone's taken until you get down. Oh, two, then look at me and I'll give you a sign to swing away. It's like, what? I'm too nice as a coach. I am. It's not, it's not like I, I'm too, well, especially with the second and third grade girls. Like I am, you're on eggshells at every minute in practicing with games because you never know uh, when tears could start flowing. So thankfully I don't have many uh, criers on my roster, but I'm also very aware of those things. It's about finding strategical ways to get advantages and spacing is also very important too. Yeah. Maybe you could help Mike McCarthy when he was trying to talk to CD lamb and calm him down this past weekend. You get more of that too. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. See you guys. See you, fellas.